Uh, yeah, it's episode 137. It's the NPCs. I really didn't know how to start. I did a terrible job there. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> I, I owe Kyle the apology here, I, because he's he's the one I see. I don't see you guys. I don't see anybody that's listening to us. So I sorry, Kyle. That was terrible. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the NPCs <laughs> uh, weekly podcast. It's episode one thirty seven. <sighs> I'm Kyle, and I'm joined by Travis, <laughs> doing the introduction tonight. <laughs> I guess so, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only segueing into it a little later than Boom. that. But hey, it's all good. It's all good. It's another week. It's another fun, fun-filled week, at least of some video games played, some, some. topics to talk about, and one everything. <laughs> a topic, a topic, a game to talk about. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a good game though. I know it is for you, especially because I have not actually touched it at all this week. I have not oh, yeah. been able to actually sit down and play it at all to this week. So let's talk about the games we could play this week. And you spent all day, what, yesterday, the day before, playing Mass Effect? Sometimes um, the last few days, that's all you did was just Mass Effect? Monday. Okay, Monday. Yeah. Okay. M- Monday, I spent all day playing Mass Effect. And... Oh yes, it was glorious, and uh, pretty much that's that's the only game I've played in my free time. Usually, uh, well, granted, we we did play one other one, but we'll get there. Um, other than that, like normally, if there's just like a game that I'm gonna sit down and like kill things or you know go do something for even just a minute in, mm-hmm. I I pick up something else like Shadow Warrior or. Um, you know, so, something that's quick like that, serious Sam, right? You know, that right, I can, right, right, right. I can go kill a few things, and if I die, it's no big deal. I mean, the health runs out real quick. It's arcadey, bleh, You know, it's like Doom, but mm-hmm. on on steroids and cheesy. <laughs> that sounds like it. That yeah. definitely sounds like it. You don't have to explain any further because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Just hordes and hordes, like yes. and and super cheese tastic, um, but it it works. And no, Mass Effect has taken up the place of all of that. Um, yeah, just uh, I I will have this to say because I I've been thinking about this the past couple days, and I, I'm just like, oh man, I gotta tell him, I gotta tell him, the vehicle, not a big deal on PC. I've got it down. It it handles so smooth. It's like butter. It's amazing. Like, I just get in that thing and I'm like, let's boogie. Let's climb a mountain. With you and your ability to drive the Mako on PC. I am so proud of you. Yeah, the Mako. That's what that's what it's called. Um, no, the the whole trick to it, I figured it out. 
at least on PC, I, I don't know if it's this way on console, and the reason it's so funky to drive is because it's like half Halo, half like just standard driving system. Because your your uh, your your foot motions would work. Your at least mm-hmm. for me, the WASD it does work, especially for like turning. So, but your head motions also work for turning. But um, because you have to think about it as six wheels, sometimes using like if you're turning left and you're you you use your foot motion to turn left, that's counterintuitive because you're actually turning right at that point in, unless, you know, you hit a certain point and then you're tur- turning right. The other thing is if you're driving um, and you, you've got the uh, point of view be- locked behind you while the gas is going, you can move the head motion around quite a bit um, without it actually affecting what what direction you need to change to be forward but if you if you pull off the gas and say you look behind you behind you is now forward yeah that's exactly what i was talking about this last week that i ran into that uh i ran into that problem of course and that's the biggest issue with console anyway is that because of the joysticks um you kind of expect that if you're going to push forward still, you're going to actually be taking the vehicle as what's known as the actual, you know, actually going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, not that if you're looking at the back of the vehicle that you press forward on there, you're going to be actually going backwards technically. That's not – that there throws me off a lot. Like I think about it um, kind of like Halo with the Scorpion tank is that you should be able just to drive the thing around – Without, you know, just exactly as it is that it's mapped to the controller that you press forward on the joystick, it's going to keep going that same direction. And the turret is independent of that. It doesn't right. mess with anything else. So, I mean, it's awesome that you actually figured out how to handle that on the Mako now on PC. I'm sure it probably is a little bit better because of the fine tuning with, you know, keyboard and mouse anyway. But yeah, I swear to God, that vehicle still sucks to this day. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm actually starting to really enjoy going around the planets because it's it's just a little small collection mini game for me. And then I get mm-hmm. to go into a base, and then it's a small uh, kill 'em all mini game. And then you know, and I I can save in between each of the little mini games, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hop into a galaxy. I do all the surveys. Go to the planet that the actual mission's on. Do mm-hmm. the mission. And then extract, and then you know I'm, I'm bebopping out. Uh, that's how I've been doing everything. I clear all my assignments, excluding the uh, continuous ones, immediately, pretty much. Um, so right now I've only got two, well, three main missions, but one of them correlates to the completing the three. Okay. So. Okay, so you're you're not one to to go from place to place and kind of stack up on the side quests. Then you're more of I have a side quest. Let's get it done to completion. Then oh right? no no no! If I'm at a at a location and I start getting side quests while doing side quests, I'll continue to do those side quests and continue to just accumulate them. But it's like I'll, I'll go into it, an area and because it, it's like Kotor, you know. You, you just walk into an area, and it's like, oh, hey, there's five people to talk to. I'm going to talk to those five people, you know? Okay. No, that's fair enough. It just sounded like you were going on the inverse, that it, you would take on a quest and then just – or a mission – and just get it done. That you would just – Oh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't zero list. in on it. No. 
Um, not unless it's like planet specific, but if, if I've got like two, two or three on a planet before I have to, you know, go back and report to someone, I'm going to take care of everything on that planet. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's a good one. Cause sometimes, I mean, like you even said with the main quests anyway, is that there are some of those side quests that are interdependent on each other though, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I went to, I was told that I needed to go talk to somebody on the Citadel. And I ended up going to a planet first because I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. I ended up going to this planet, and I ended up killing this uh, Asari pirate um, who turns out that her sister actually wanted dead because it's causing her problems on the Citadel, being this you know, somewhat higher up Asari there. And so you finally go and talk to her, and she's like, oh, Shepard, I wanted to talk to you. It's like, oh, I already got your thing done. I already know about your sister. You don't have to lie to me now because that's, that's way ahead of me. You know, so it went a little bit backwards on there. But, yeah, there were some things that will line up like that. And, yeah, you can get them done kind of in a cluster because they do link together. So, yeah, see, and um, if you don't, if you accept the mission, I want to say, but then you get there, um, you can uncover evidence, basically, if you unlock or decrypt a certain thing that basically tells you she was lying. So, Mm -hmm. which is why I. Like so is, when you go like, back instead, you're like, nah, don't don't screw with me. I know exactly what was going on because <laughs> I actually just went back to the Citadel and turned in all my outside quests that I had going on there. Well, I was going to ask you because when I made my Commander Shepard, I, you know, well, not when I made necessarily because you didn't have much of a choice there. Um, but as I started earning more and more skill points to actually put into the skill tree, um, I really emphasized a lot more of the things that were related to like dialogue, so charm and intimidation. Um, and I ma- I've already got them maxed out as far as they can go anyway. I don't think they actually go any higher than that until you start moving into the next two games. So where did you emphasize your skill points at then? Because it sounds like you're able to breeze through some things, but maybe not everything. I put quite a bit both into to the charm and what was the other one aggression or whatever intimidation um, intimidation that's right yeah um I I think I've got maybe one or two points I, I I think I've got one left on charm no my charms maxed out my intimidation has like two points left on it and okay. uh, I don't I don't know my my shepherd is fairly balanced but he he's just you know a soldier so it's whatever um Mm -hmm. i don't know i've i've tailored each of them specific ways but there's only like i think four people i really use and that doesn't include either of the humans (laughs) so you don't even you don't party up with caden or ashley then at all like maybe once in a blue moon but not hardly at all um, if there's a mission to complete five missions with a human, I I haven't gotten it. Okay. Yeah, there. I, I, I I've don't gotten know what it could with like up, but... for for the Krogan. I I just got the Krogan. Um, yeah. And then I've got the Asari and the. Uh, I I want to say what what's Garrus's race? Uh, Turian. Yeah, the Turians was the first one I got because he's always like on my party. He's like yeah. my favorite dude. Yeah. Um, Plus, he's my sniper, so. There's that, too, yeah, because you could put a lot of emphasis there in a sniper. I think him and Caden are kind of the trade-offs when it comes to sniping. Um, 
And then, yeah, but I, I'm right there with you. I rarely use Caden or Ashley when I'm actually setting up my party. My party usually is by default Rex and Garrus. See, I, I use, uh, I want to say Rex, Garrus, um, and then the two other chicks. Tally and uh, Liara. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still want to get to that point, though, because like, I, I don't want to go look it up. I just want to actually find it in the game is that they changed uh, Tally's picture that I guess Shepard has. And I guess I think it might be in Mass Effect 3 because apparently her original image used to actually be like a stock image of some woman from somewhere. And hmm. so I want to actually go and try to find that. Um, but I just can't remember if it is Mass Effect uh, one, two, or three on where that picture was at. But anyway, yeah, that's just I've a little thing. I've seen that article thing. pop up a lot. So, yeah, that was just a little thing there. So, uh, how many hours do you think you're in now on it? Um, because I mean, you spent a full day playing that game. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I know my Steam time is going to be way different from my in-game time, but I've got to be probably eighteen hours at least. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad then. I do yeah. I do a lot of just retarded stuff though. Like I'll 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 go and uh senselessly explore areas over again just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But that that's worked to my disadvantage because I haven't really sold anything or reduced mm-hmm. anything. So my inventory is at like 294. I want to say that's where I was at when I hopped off, uh, like ten minutes before you hopped on. So okay, so yeah. you so you need to go and start purging some inventory stuff here soon. Then yeah, and I'm I'm just kind of hoping that that guy in the uh, the bay, uh, in, or I guess in the hold of the ship that he he uh, he'll buy stuff as well as sell stuff. <laughs> He should do both. I think every merchant you come across will buy and sell. Okay. I, I'm almost positive the mechanics across the board. I don't think it's limited. Yeah, your your bootleg requisitions officer. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Well, not necessarily bootleg requisitions officer. He's he's one that makes you pay more because he buys everything out of his out of his own pocket. He even says that the first time you talk to him. He's oh, like, yeah. no, he's I like this stuff is going to come cheap because I paid for all this myself. And all I can imagine is this guy going into the store like or to one of these like other dealers on the Citadel and be like, what do I think Shepard's going to come and buy from me? And I just see it like an arm like over at a over on a shopping uh, like an aisle in a in one of these shops or whatever. Just his uh-huh. arm is pushed up onto the shelf and the shopping carts beneath it just pushes everything in. <laughs> I think he needs this new tool. Oh, this this armor right here, perfect. Oh God, he needs the level three of this gun here. <laughs> just push everything in, right? He just wants to buy. Yeah, he just wants to make sure he's completely stocked up, just to make you feel guilty for him having to buy everything out of his butt. Whatever. Um, okay, so I'm only about maybe six hours into the game still because I just haven't had any time to actually touch it. And the last place I'm sitting at right now is another one of the planets to. Uh, to explore, specifically working on the mission, uh, more side mission to find and eliminate a bunch of Geth outposts, and that's it. So it, it's not a, it, is it an actual mission or is it one of the assignments? I think it's just an assignment, is what it is. It's just to go find. Okay. The, no, well, let me think now. I was assigned I say, it. 
like one of the main mm-hmm. missions to start with is um go eliminate uh, a geth outpost yeah this one is that's one of your like first initial missions that you get out of the the citadel maybe it was four of them i was given and it's over in the armstrong cluster so like it's over where a bunch of the planets are named after people who have actually been in space and that um but i have only hit two of the four outposts so far and so i'm working my way through those to get them out of the way um because taking down those geth is a lot of experience and then, of course, just picking up random stuff as I go to. I'm really trying to explore these maps because when you go and do your map view in the game, it'll list out usually like one of three places. And it's usually like an outpost, a resource, and an anomaly. But there's like two or three different resources that are actually on the map itself or, or on the, the planet area that you're in that don't show up on the map until you're actually closer to them. Uh, otherwise everything else is already pre-marked. So there's a lot of resources if you're still working on that completion assignment that you can mm -hmm. go through and get those knocked out. I'll admit I've gotten a little bit lazy and I know I shouldn't have because some of those actually correlate to, at least one or two of those missions correlate to something that benefits you if you've completed eight or uh, maybe it's 10 or more um, in the first game it helps you in the third game. Yeah, because the whole thing about the third game is is you're basically building up the army that you have to work on. You're building up the fleet, and so yeah. all the different materials. You have to do that in three as well. But yeah, I believe you're right that the the work you do obviously will still carry over to those. Yeah, but I other than uh minor experience in the first game that's all it does for you is finding those and then you get a major bo- um experience bonus if you complete the the assignment or whatever um but yeah if you when you make it to the third game if you've actually completed it it gives mm-hmm. you a huge benefit so at least that's what i okay. understand huh I, I don't really remember. Yeah. That's the thing is I don't really remember because it's been so long since I've played the series from like all the way one through three back when it originally dropped. Um, but you're most likely right on that one. Uh, well, at least you're getting there, though, now. I mean, you should be with the amount of hours you already put in. Um, I'm sure you're only probably about maybe 10 hours away from actually being done. I doubt it actually you don't think so i thought the completion on the game was like 40 hours i remember i said i i've spent time doing stupid crap going back through areas where i've already gotten stuff and you know so 40 hours probably translates actually to like 50 hours for me or like 47 hours or some some weird crap like that Main story is 17 hours, main plus extra is 28 and a half, and completionist is 43 and a half. See, and I haven't done that many main missions. I I well, talk to a lot of people, I go through all the dialogue options and stuff, and um, I can say that I, I've gotten high enough in the dialogue trees that... Um, 
I can choose the like alternate dialogues that are, that are either Paragon or Renegade, and um, I can choose like usually about two or three before I'm not able to choose any of them anymore. I the hmm. other thing I did want to uh, say is I don't know if it's just because of the way I'm playing Paragon, but being good involves a lot of murder. <laughs> a lot a lot of murder like you just you just get pissed off and blast someone in the fucking face it's like oh i disagree with that and it does this cutaway that like it's star trek or some crap i'm, I'm commander shepherd and this is my favorite bullet going into your skull right <laughs> or or like you you say something that you're like, oh, no, I know this is the right thing to say. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'm going to take you in. And the, the, instead of being like, oh, we admit our, our wrongs or whatever. And it's just like three people. It's like they're just like, the hell you are not without a fight. And you're just like, oh, my God, are you serious? I'm just going to oh, kill boy. these people. It's great, isn't it? It's just like it's you're you are the good guy, but you have to slaughter so many people. But yeah, no, uh, being good involves being a dick most of the time, it seems like. Welcome to the world of Mass Effect, Kyle. Makes no sense. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Can you romance the robot, at least? Romance the robot? Which robot? Uh, Tally, or whatever her name is. Tally's not a robot. Tally's not a robot. But I think as time goes on, uh, you could romance anybody. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, I think the hardest one out of all of them to do was Garrus, but you could romance, I think any of them. Really? Garrus is the hardest one? Not Rex. Supposedly. That's what I had read on. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's just funny because, um, oh, what is Challenge it? accepted. You, you could also <laughs> romance the guy you meet in Mass Effect 3 as well, too, at the beginning. Because he becomes oh, a part yeah. of your crew. Yeah, I just can't remember his name. But yeah, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a challenge that some will take on, and I guess that's up to you if you want to try to do that or not. So you gotta <laughs> schmooze Garrus over the next couple games. I wanna feel his scaly body. <laughs> and that's where we stop that one. I'm moving us on to another game then. So uh what else have you been playing? Uh, literally, um, because the, the most major thing I, I was trying to do was get off that, that medical planet. I think it was Pharos. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done much anything else. I, I played Warzone with you. Uh, not just Warzone, but Battlefield uh, 4 wh- as well. Oh yeah, we did we did get that running, didn't we? Yeah. That was so, interesting. So Warzone is Warzone, but I think yeah. I, so we got I've had Battlefield 4 and all the DLC installed for a long while now. You reinstalled it because uh Amazon is giving it away as part of the Amazon the Prime Gaming subscription, so if you have that, you can go get a free copy of Battlefield 4 for PC. Uh but a lot of people are thinking that, and based on rumors that we've seen in news articles and that, is that it's going to be 
the Battlefield 4 is going to be tied in with the new Battlefield coming out, potentially, you know, or at least being announced in a few weeks. That's everything so, I've been hearing. Yeah, so I think it being coming out kind of brought up the idea, at least I brought up the idea, is like, hey, I got Battlefield 4 installed, it's free here right now, let's go see what it's like, especially after being burned as hard as we were in, in Warzone and, and continuously get burned in Warzone. Well, and it, it was a different experience for me. I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but when I picked up my Xbox uh, One, that was one of the first titles that I picked up because it was a launch title. Okay. And the game was broken. In every sense. The multiplayer was broken. The single player was broken. Um, it would just delete everything randomly. You could play for 20 days. And sometimes you could play for two days. And just randomly, poof, everything would be gone. And it was that way for like a good solid six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So I ended up actually selling my copy. Rebuying it later on finding out that I was still screwed and returning it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I ended up buying it. So I've never even beaten the game. I I had only played like a couple multiplayer matches on, on console. And I ended up rebuying it when it was on sale. And I, I rebought hardline. This mm-hmm. was like two, three years ago. And they were like two or two or three bucks actually a piece. Okay. And since then, I've played maybe four multiplayer rounds. So this was all new territory for me. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. the The pacing was different. I actually kind of liked it a little bit better. It wasn't necessarily as just intense go all the time, you know. Yeah, and that's one of those things that I like about Battlefield because. You get so used to the structure of Warzone and Call of Duty that being able to like step back into Battlefield 4 was a tiny bit of a learning curve because it's like, oh, you can't crouch slide anymore. Um, you know, weapons handle differently. There's no like armor or anything. Um, the vehicle selection, of course, being as big as it is, too. It's it was unique to be able to actually play that with someone else instead of it just being me playing on multiplayer servers. Um, because it was just hearing you and hearing how you were playing it, um, you know, after being away from it for so long. But Mm -hmm. with that, though, with Battlefield 4 now, you know, you having now touched it again for the first time in a long time, um, if when the next Battlefield drops, if it's the same way, you know, are you going to have any hesitations on actually going to pick it up? Are you going to wait to see so that you don't get burned like you did on Battlefield 4? Uh, you know what? What's your thought on when well, that game drops? What it, What is the newest one going to be? Uh, six. Well, so they haven't actually given it Seven? a name yet. It's supposed to be the sixth game, technically. Well, it's supposed to technically well, be five, seventh. Uh, a historical one or Battlefield Four was is more current modern warfare type situation. Well, no, I, well, I know Battlefield. That, but... Battlefield Hardline was the police one, and then you had Battlefield yeah. 
uh, five, I think, and then Battlefield One, which Battlefield, yeah, which was the you know kind of going back in time to World War One and World War Two. So what was five? I've never even played five. Battlefield Five was the World War One. Battlefield One oh, was World War Two, okay. and now Battlefield Six is supposed to be the return to what uh, Battlefields three and four were. With more of the emphasis on the modern side of things, I know it's it's a nightmare. It's like the way Microsoft names consoles. Yeah. So, okay, it's supposed to be Battlefield Six, but that leaked trailer from a couple weeks back had just Battlefield on it. Like they were just rebrand or just branding it by Battlefield, which means that it's possible they could go the route of what Call of Duty has been so far. I mean, you know, they've had those standalone entries. But like Warzone has been the the true main ultimate focus of what they've been working on, and so you, it's you like think this is going to be the reboot. Oh, I think so, especially because the guy that's helping run the Battlefield franchise now was running Call of Duty for twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're you're seeing a lot of that probably coming into play with the next one. However, there were those screenshots that leaked out this last week. Uh, showing off at least like the HUD and uh, one of the new vehicles, the Osprey is actually going to be in there too, which is kind of cool. But it looks like it's going to stay the same where you are going to be on a larger team, but you're going to be sectioned off into separate teams. Hmm. So it's going to... Yeah, you had told me about that. Yeah, because you noticed that we were playing Battlefield 4 again last night is that we were on a larger team, but there were squads of four, um, you know, split apart across the entire team itself, though. So, you know, I I don't necessarily understand. I mean, it's it's mostly, I think, like team management type stuff more than anything, but probably it looks like that's probably what it's going to be. So I almost would expect to not see a battle royale for Battlefield if they're going to if they keep that mechanic. I mean, because. You know, Do we really fine. need one? I don't really I, think we I need think a battle royale the, uh, for them. I think the the battle royale is getting played out at this point, honestly. It well, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just easy enough to agree with you because it, it really is. I mean, Fortnite is one thing, PUBG's another, Warzone's another. Uh, what was it? Hyperscape, I think, was the name of the one that Ubisoft dropped out of nowhere and now is gone wherever because I don't know anybody plays that anymore. Oh, yeah. It's just everything in the scene that is a battle royale is fun to a point. But, yeah, it's really, I think, really, like, gotten too big and too far out there for some things and they need to really step back so if battlefield can keep it the way it has been with what they've been doing good on them because it'll probably still be successful no matter what yeah um i don't know i i guess i didn't mess with the whole loadout system uh and it's been a long time since i like i said i've played it in general because even when i picked it back Mm -hmm. up uh, and playing those couple multiplayer rounds, I know I never screw around with the loadouts and stuff. Are they as customizable as as Call of Duty? Yeah, so you you can't run around with like two main weapons. So you can't go like say like with an SMG and a and an right. assault rifle. Um, you st- you're limited to like a main weapon and then a sidearm. 
uh, most likely a pistol more than anything. With that, yes, customizing is there. So you can add sights, you can add um, barrel attachments, you can add like the grenade launcher shotgun that attaches to the underneath of the rifle. There is that level of customization. There is some skins that also go with it too. So if you want to change the skin on the rifle... But it's not as outlandish as what we've seen in Call of Duty lately, where you know it's like a, it's like an alien face hugger that's that's attached to the side of an AR-15. That's you know its tentacles are moving or its finger yeah, no, things are moving I, I as think it's I, sitting I'm, on the side. I'm pretty fairly done with that. If I want to play a fantasy shooter, I'll go play one of my crazy like Serious Sam Shadow Warrior, or even go back to like Unreal Tournament or even actual avp 2000 and that right there is the correct answer because yeah Yeah. it's save the outlandish stuff for like the outlandish things there i mean adding in some of those skins is fine i mean call of duty's got the zombies mode that is actually really good and i can't wait for halloween to come back around to play the zombies mode again but yes we need a break from it however if if battlefield comes out with it and still maintains the multiplayer that we're used to now, then that's fine with me. You know, it's it's always going to depend, I guess, on where where things stand. But Battlefield's stories anyway, I mean, I don't really think people paid much mind to the Battlefield, like, story missions or anything. I think a lot of people were just, like, as soon as they loaded up, they whoosh, right into multiplayer. That's at least the way it's been for me on Battlefield do. games. Yeah. See, and not me. A lot... Uh- a lot of shooters especially I'll go and I'll play the story even if there's like really nothing to the story the you know it's either completely off the wall bonkers or you know just like whatever just non-existent you know mm-hmm. I, I I still play through it you know um usually multiplayers either some something's Someone has to hit me up while I'm playing the campaign, or I don't play it until after I'm done with the campaign. I gotcha. I, I really do getcha. Um, let me think here. On the Battlefield forefront, because I just think it's going to be a breath of fresh air to actually see a good, more modern Battlefield make its way back into the lexicon again, especially with the destructible environments. You know, we were playing Siege of Shanghai, and uh, the Chinese side took down that big tower in the center. So you have the dust mm-hmm. everywhere. You're having buildings getting that blown up really when they're, cool. yeah, when when stuff's shooting. Like especially in one of the multiplayer maps where you can actually take down that old uh, giant uh, radio antenna uh, relay in the middle of Puerto Rico. Like there was a yeah. there was actually a multiplayer map for that, and you could take down that whole antenna too. So the destructible environments and working to get those you know, get those big events in motion is just such a unique thing that we don't even see it, you, you know, know, really you know anymore. Be even more cool if mm. they could do that level of destructibility or the level of destructibility that they had in Bad Company 2. Wow, that's there. That would be neat like, to see. Make I, I want to be able to, to if, if I'm in you know, the Middle East and, you know, they're really thin clay buildings. If I shoot a RPG at it, I'm going to use the building as the explosive to blow up the guy on the other side of the wall like I did in Bad, in Bad Company 2. 
or even just plow through the wall with a tank because people will camp in there and knowing that the the building will collapse as soon as you drive through it that would be super cool that That right there i think is the big thing to bring in maybe that's what we need we need a new bad company game that has the destructible environments that has a cool you know 12 to 15 hour campaign and maybe no multiplayer just give us a 40 50 dollar game that wouldn't be bad i i don't think it'll happen and, and though use, but that wouldn't be bad yeah use those assets that they that they generate uh from that game to develop the next game that you know use that engine to to or the 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 assets that they develop for their engine because everything that they use is frostbite anymore (laughs) oh yeah everything's in frostbite now no that's that probably wouldn't be bad but i just don't see it happening okay what if they made it a six hour game Hmm. i would dig i would dig that i would buy that for 40 bucks a six and a half hour six hour bad company game Maybe. You know, I could definitely yeah. get along with that, no problem. As long as they don't go the route of that, because I think it was Battlefield that did it. Battlefield, at one point in time, at some point in the last 10 to 15 years, released a game for console and PC that was supposed to be supposed to be a multiplayer game that was very cartoony-looking, like almost started to bridge the gap like with team fortress 2 styling and and it was a battlefield game like battlefield titled i'm sure it was like it was some sort of weird offshoot thing yeah let's see uh games in the battlefield they could bring back 1942 Ooh, i would love to see 1940 an actual 1942 with the destructible environments that we have in in Battlefield 4, but the uh, level of community and, you know, server uh, population that you can get today in in a level. Right. Yep, that was it. Found it. Battlefield Heroes. Battlefield Heroes. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. It, take a look at the pictures there. And like I said, it's got that cartoony look on it that definitely gave it a little bit more of like a, a Team Fortress 2-ish type vibe, Once, especially like once you look closer at some of those skins. I played a beta of this. Like I didn't actually buy the full game, but I got into a beta. And it, yeah, it was definitely an interesting one to see come out from them. So yeah, I was like, I knew that existed, but there you go. As long as it's not like that, that's fine with me. Apparently, it's free. It was. It's, I don't even think it's being supported anymore. This came out no. in 09. Yeah, like, uh, I think people still play it, though, it looks like. there, There's still communities out there that, like, here was a video in uh, September 20, yeah, se- September 28th of 2020. Um, how to download and play Battlefield Heroes in 2020. <laughs> yeah, it says here they shut down stuff. Um, they were going to shut off the services on July 14th, 2015. Interesting. Yeah, uh, 
that's an interesting one that you actually hadn't seen, but that was one of those kind of free to play attempts where you could download it for free and play it to your heart's content. And then of course the company would make money on ad revenue and microtransactions. Mm. It was one of their attempts to get into that sort of, uh, release. It does look like they had a, a downloadable version that you could purchase. Hmm. Okay. I'm wondering if that was like an ad-free version or something. Hmm. It's a good question. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Oh, but maybe. Maybe it was. Maybe it was because it had uh, in-game currency. That's what it, it looks like. Ah. Uh, okay. That'll yeah. do it. Okay. Well, we did the Mass Effect, the War Zone, the Battlefield Four. Anything else on your? plate that you were getting into and and messing around with or has it been pretty much just running around as commander shepherd just doing the shep thing um shepherd i i <laughs> yeah uh just just running around as shep doing my thing uh i i i'm 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 going to hook up with this uh this science chick that's kind of weird <laughs> I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> Jesus, I don't. I, I never romanced Tally, so by all means, dude. Let oh me no, know how I'm talking goes. about the other one. Oh, yeah. oh, Liara, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, have fun. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. No, but I, I I definitely I I want to try and romance Garrus or at least look up the videos of of what romancing Garrus is like to see, you know, because it's it's gotta be ridiculous. Like uh, romancing Barrett on Final Fantasy level, ridiculous. Probably, I would think for the yeah. same level of stubbornness. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah. there, there's so many. Like when you're when you're trying to romance Barrett, there are so many specific things and specific choices you have to make. Certain times you have to talk to people in certain orders for it to make the difference. You know, make sure you're always talking to the girls last. And yeah, it's it's really strange. If you say so, I mean, I, I, that no, that was just for Final I, Fantasy. It was, it was just something that if you wanted to try and romance Barrett, that's something you had to do. And I, I've never right. been able just, to do it. So I'm just saying, it's like I just, I feel like the metal gun arm would get in the way and just wouldn't work I, I know. out. I, 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 just, I think it's just no. for the the ridiculousness of it. That's the whole reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I, you know, like I'm the same way with you. It was, it was one of those weeks on like, you got really locked into a video game. I just ran out of time to be able to actually play any video games. So, uh, didn't even get to boot up mass effect this week, but I did play, um, we did play Warzone together. We played battlefield four. The only thing I, I went off to the side on because it was more of an easy one just to hop into and one that, you know, was easy to pause and step away from. Uh, I did boot up Forza Horizon 4, though, for a little bit and started just oh, nice. driving around, racing around, drifting around, because it's one of those that you can just get lost in and mm -hmm. not necessarily have a bad time. 
So you could end up on a race, you could end up on a, a stunt jump, you could end up on um, you could end up on the speed cameras, the speed traps, you know, get your stars up that way too. And I had on a the whole other bunch hand, of... you can get hung up on those too. I, I oh, don't know yeah. about you, but I'll I'll get a certain speed on a speed camera and I'll be like, no, 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 no. I can do that so much faster. And I'll go yeah. and do it like 10, 15 times more. And I'll be like, that's the one right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent my time outside of that. I went and did my first Super 7 challenge as well, which is like seven, just seven different challenges to accomplish based on another player creating some sort of weird scenario. So, like, I had one where I had to jump a, like, souped-up tractor, literally a tractor, um, off of a ramp and get over 500-and-something feet on that. Uh, I Which had another Forza one. Is this? this was Forza Horizon 4, the most recent one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I had to uh, take a Ford Focus hatchback and actually work to drift it around the... Uh, around this like little maze thing within a certain amount of time uh god what else was there i had another one where this person had set up all of these barriers along the road that i couldn't get past but he themed his car that i had to drive as something out of resident evil like it had umbrella corp on it all over the place the license plate said t virus on it uh oh yeah it was a bit of a mess because that car could do like zero to 60 in like half a second it was that quick Oh, and wow. I think it was like modded to the max. And so it became one of those things that it was it, just, it could handle well if you had it just right. But yeah, there'd be those cases that if you spun out, it would be a pain in the ass to get um, yeah. righted while you were still moving. You'd have to really like just wait till you stop to do it. But again, it, it was a game that you could just sit back and get lost in without really any, any real problem coming up. Whereas like Mass Effect, you get ingrained in that story and it's like, oh, someone needs my attention. And it, you know, you got to get up and get away from it. And it just, it drains you going back and forth because you might be in the midst of a story mission and get so sidetracked on doing something else in your home for somebody else. You forget what the hell was happening. You have to kind of relearn where you were at. I I guess that that's where it's beneficial to me because I remember where I'm at in so many games, even ones that I haven't played in five, six years. I could probably pick up if, you know, relatively easily and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember where I'm at. I know what I need to do. See, but and that's, that, where... that's just because of the way I play games, too. See, and that, yeah, and see, that's just it's kind of weird. Well, I think you're just I think you're just fortunate. You know, you're just you're one of the lucky ones who has enough of the memory there to kind of remember where you're at. So I know that I can definitely run into a big problem where like blame the ADHD, man. But I swear, as soon as I get locked into something else, it's like, OK, where was I? What was I doing? And then you have to go back through the, the missions, the assignments, the codex. You got to look at the map for the planet you're on. You got to figure out if you're on the Citadel, supposed to be on the Citadel or off the Citadel. It becomes a cluster. See, and I, I think that's one of the reasons I take care of the missions and the assignments the way I do. It It's very meticulous, you know? It's like, okay, well, I have to go to this cluster, this planet, uh, and, well, on this planet, there's three missions I have to do. Let's take care of those. And I picked up one that's on the planet and one that happens to be over this way. Let's take care of that one and then go do this other one and back to the Citadel because those other ones have to be turned in there. Right. 
Well, then I guess you're yeah. a lucky one. So kudos to you for being able to remember all the shit that you're supposed to do in that goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. But that was it on games, really, for this week, though. It was, yeah, for for your side, you had the time available to sink into a single game. I uh, Not I really. It was, a lot. it was mostly just just the one day. Oh, well, okay, then. I mean, yeah, there's also it, that too. it was, you know, holiday, so. Yeah. yeah. I got busy um, with the and holiday. Then it was a few hours, eat, um, a couple of the other nights. But, yeah. I, I, gotcha. I just, yeah, that, that's that's really just, it's so good. Like, I get to work, and I'm thinking about, like, conversations I've had with NPCs. Like, how could I have done that different? I mean, I just cold-blooded murdered right before we got on i had to hop to another planet um and they had creatures from the previous like major story planet Mm -hmm. uh that i was on on this um planet and this is just a side assignment and i encountered this lady and i'm like come on we're taking you in you you set off the distress beacon we we got him come on let's let's go you know, you know, you did wrong, and you you just admitted it. And she's like, "Oh, like hell, we're going with you." And it's like, I just cold blooded killed that woman. Like, come on, there's no there's no set to stun on this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Shepard gets pissed off, and it's just like, "Hi, well, welcome. This is my bullet. Boom." <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh dear it's great though isn't it oh yeah i love it and and some of the interactions they're so like heartfelt or like really well thought out and like mm-hmm. really good and then some of them are just goofy like that like classic star trek like this is like shat watching shatner react to to something you know but not because i don't know the acting's better <laughs> awesome well i'm glad i'm seriously glad like i've told you this several times since we you know the game came out and that is that i'm really glad that you're playing it and i'm really glad that you're actually enjoying it though too that that's a really big thing that you're actually able to um enjoy it you know compared to when it originally dropped so that's really good man but we're at that point in the episode now, of course, that it's time for us to talk about a topic for this week. No. And, oh, just, <laughs> oh, no, no yeah. excitement. I mean, do I need to put a soundboard up with some, some theme music, some, some you stuff caught me to get by me surprise. I, I, I was like, at, at the point of what? what? What are we at a point of? <laughs> Contention, because we're about to argue about something. Well, maybe. I don't know. It, it's more, it's more topic just to discuss in that, to just kind of figure out, you know, where things sit on this, where we where we agree and disagree on these things here. So I was thinking about the topic this week here based on what we were discussing in uh, the news this previous week, especially talking about um, the even the week prior, really looking at the digital side of video game consoles mm-hmm. and focusing on uh, really just the digital part itself, how Microsoft and Sony both released digital only versions of their newest hardware 
And of course, Sony took the route of just taking the guts of their disk version and just removing the disk drive. And Microsoft went ahead and took the guts of the Series X and downclocked everything and put it into a smaller package. Uh, so for this week, focusing on the digital side is trying to figure out and kind of getting your ideas on this, on where digital is going to be going from here. We on the PC side of things, of course, Kyle, we've been dealing with digital-only copies of games for God knows how long. I mean, can you remember the last time you actually had a CD drive or a DVD drive in a computer where you actually had to install a game from disk? That I had to install a game from disk? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh... I think I was 18 or 19. Yeah, that would have been the last time. So that's uh, 16 years. Yeah. And I would say I'm probably at about in the same boat too. Because, yeah, everything really, really emphasized more on the digital stuff. And to actually find a disc in store... It was more like, oh, you're buying a case for a game, but you open it up, and inside is a a download card with the key on it. So you just go put the key in, and you download the game. That was actually my my first instance of that was with Skyrim, actually, back in 2012, when I got a gate when I got gifted the game physically, and opened it up, and it was a code to download. It said, "Go download Steam and put this code in, and you can have Skyrim." Oh yeah, yeah. See so. And- for me, I think the first transition uh, would about been about that same time period, but I had had disc games. I was playing uh, games that were on disc and buying games that were on disc, and I was kind of an early adopter of Steam. I'd, maybe not. Um, I had previous Valve titles that were Half-Life games, and mm. I had dug out my copy of um counter-strike only to find out that you had to have steam in order to play it at this point unless you were playing like you know some weird version or whatever so that that's kind of how steam you know steam and and digital buys started for me is i found out oh whoa i have to have steam oh whoa now all the games are offered on steam and not just the you know 20 or 30 that are offered at Target, Walmart, and GameStop because they don't stock PC games. Right. So that's why I wanted to gauge on you, like from you, was like the last time you actually used a physical disc to play a game or install a game on a computer. Because as we're seeing the market shift, especially in the last couple console generations, to really emphasize digital downloads and subscriptions to game services to uh, not even purchase, but rent the games essentially like access to an entire library of stuff to be able to rent games effectively for eternity, as long as you're paying the subscription fee. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course we've seen a lot of adoption on that with Xbox game pass. We've got PlayStation now, uh, Nobody else is really doing a lot of that stuff. I know Gamefly still technically exists, but Does nobody's it? really using Gamefly. Yeah, it still exists. Wow. Um, but what I want to get your thoughts on, Kyle, is how long do you think it's going to be before we see 
the last physical disc console ever released. Because I have an idea of when that could be, but I would like to get your opinion on what you think because of, I mean, if, if Microsoft and Sony didn't release digital versions of their consoles and just released the Series X and the PlayStation 5 disc edition, and that was it. No digital versions of that. It would have definitely changed my opinion, but they happened to release both. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on it? Hmm. It, it's hard to say. Uh, I, I feel like they they could do it halfway through this console generation. Like, that that could be their midpoint console refresh. I feel like they're already they're they're gonna do a console refresh regardless at this point. Um because of chip shortage. I, I think both companies are are going to do what Sony is rumored to be doing um with a, a console refresh already with a smaller chipset that is just as powerful but you know less demand in in the these particular chipsets um i think we could see a mid-generation refresh that's all 100% digital i don't think we will yet it'll probably be next generation if anything but there is also one other thing to consider too is one of the ways that the home console made it into everyone's living room initially is it was branded as a toy and to take out that physical media completely even where we're at now um making making something that you know you have to use to interact with the toy to change the aspect or attributes of the toy what it does you know I, I, I don't know if we're there yet, but we should be if you think about it. I mean, people invest in apps on phones and tablets that they throw away accounts like crazy. And so, I mean, they do they deal with the digital stuff all the time, but they're afraid of losing a console game that they spent $60 on. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, earliest next generation. Okay, then you and I are right there in the same boat then because that was the exact way I was going is that I don't know if the actual sales numbers have gotten out there yet of a per console like, you you know, like what they normally do um, is they usually give out just kind of good, easy, rounded numbers. They don't Mm -hmm. say 4,836,925 xbox series x's were sold you know they don't do that it's like we sold four and a half million xbox series x's you know that that's what they do so we don't have numbers exactly i wish there were some to be able to show exactly what the adoption rate was but for them to have released both and of course the argument on Microsoft's side, of course, was kind of trying to bridge the gap for those people who own like a first gen xbox one and maybe didn't want to make the full leap to a Series X, but still wanted that newer tech. You know, that, that was what they're, they were leveraging. PlayStation, Sony, on the other hand, they didn't really give a good reason. Right. It's like, it's the same console. One just doesn't have a disk drive. 
That's it. I mean, I would imagine you pop the console open and look at the motherboards between the disk See, version and the disk list. There's got to be a port for a disk drive. And that was another thing that I was going to bring up is the disk drive feels like an afterthought. It's like they were like, wait a minute. We need to do something here. Pop that pop that drive on. Cool. Now we're com- now we're done. You know, that's now, right. now like we can see... now we can actually release this. But maybe we should still release it like we were going to. You know? Well, see, it's like this is where it makes you wonder, and I'm gonna have to go look at a teardown after we record, is uh does the all digital version of the PlayStation 5 actually have a disc connector on it? You know, like does it actually have a disc drive um just just interface on the motherboard itself that's just not being oh, I, used? I bet it does. I bet it's the exact same board. Well, it'd have to be. I mean, because there would be another cost for them to actually have two sets of boards created. So I'm going to have to go and look at that because if that's the case, then that makes me think more so that the disc, that the, the digital edition is an afterthought. I would think more of that than anything. I would think it's more the inverse for Sony because nobody knows what Sony's doing anymore. I mean, look at the stuff that came out with... God of War 2 and Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7. You know, there's so many people that are up in fury right now because of the the potential for those games to be released on PlayStation 4, which we talked about in the news on Friday. We get it. We understand why. But when it comes to the digital side of things, though, it seems like because of what Microsoft has put forward, Microsoft may end up actually being that first console manufacturer to really say, hey, we are going all digital. You want to play discs, you're going to have to get our adapter, our uh, external uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray drive to plug into the back of your series Y, whatever whatever the hell they want to call it. I, I just think we need to be but, past it. I think they need to just say, no, we're done, guys. We're going to put out this mm-hmm. monolith that you have to put in your your living room this this tiny little monolith that has one button on it and that's power and from there you can sync yeah. bluetooth devices from it whatever and let it you know just go from there and and say you know you have to buy games digitally but you already have a digital library so bring that in you know I, there, there are so many, there are so many things that have gone all digital. People don't even realize that even at, towards the end of the last generation, games don't really use the disc anymore. It's an install, but there's really nothing there that is used after the game's been installed. Almost. Well, the, yeah, the only thing I'll counter on that is that it, I mean, it is used. It's more of the authentication key. If you've right. installed it from disk, but I, I agree, I agree. There's really no point for that disk anyway. It's more more so one of those things that if Microsoft continues the trend of supporting go, going like say to the next console generation, which we're talking, you know, in another seven to ten years out, um, Microsoft's gonna if they continue backwards compatibility, they're gonna have to come up with a way to say yes. We're still going to allow you to play Xbox Series games on it. We're going to let you play Xbox One. We're going to let you play Xbox 360. We're going to let you play Xbox games. Mm-hmm. But for those digital equivalents to work, 
And because the majority of people are not going to want to rebuy the physical medium that they have, Microsoft is going to have to come up with something that says, if you want a digital version of the game you have, like, and they'll probably partner with somebody that's like that, that could handle the influx of, of material, which Walmart would be a good example. Take your games to Walmart. You pay a $5 fee per game. We convert it to digital for you. And you get a key printout on your receipt for that game. Mm-hmm. And when you go home, you just like you do with Steam, you know, you, you put the key in to Steam. It puts the game in your library and you can install and go on. It gives you the install code. You put that in, and now the game is a part of your digital library. Whether you install it or not, it is always there. Because yeah. then they can take those discs back. They can they can break them down and recycle them. Um, you know, maybe they could partner with Walmart to do some sort of, like, reselling thing, though, too, you know, a la GameStop. But that's the only way you're going to get that adoption. Otherwise, you're going to have people who sit around with this massive stack of discs because they want one console to rule them all. And they're not going to be able to use the discs. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be one of those things that they're going to have and- to support. It's just it's it depends on what happens next. However, well, we could I also mean, you, see. You think about you. You also have to think about the type of era we're in, as, as far as, as where the electronics are and where the the media it, it it's stored on, how it holds up and how it degrade or it degrades. I should say, um, uh huh. Like we're we're uh, for a few years now, we've been having the uh, problem of original Xboxes. Even if it's been sitting in storage for five, ten years, your capacitors mm-hmm. are popping, and they're leaking yeah. on your board. Your your original Xbox, your OG with your your Duke controller, it's a relic now. It, the the board could be ruined unless you've been checking on it and you know opening it up and checking those capacitors or swapped them out you know ps3 look you they they have cmos death death now that that's a that's a real thing that's happening with playstation units is cmos death um playstation 2 your your discs can wear out they they're just wear out over time you know yeah, and I that, mean, that's it's the same going back through. Unit. Well, the same goes for any cartridge unit, though, too, is that those contacts on the bottom of the cartridges have held up for quite a long time. But you've even got the actual chipset inside the cartridge, though, too, that could also go bad. I mean, hell, look at, you know, Pokemon cartridges that have, uh, you know, they've got a CR2032 battery in there that helps keep and the clock and the a time. A lot of those are starting to die, too. So some of those, yeah. some of those old original, like, red yellow even the yellow uh cartridges that didn't launch for like what 18 months after uh the blue Mm -hmm. and red versions um they're even dying because they had an inferior i think it's specific um specifically first run yellows that are there's dying in mass yeah so that's why it makes me like kind of really look at the longevity of stuff that sits on your shelf and for most people, they want to be able to sit down and play the game. They don't really want to make too many changes to be able to get into something. And the other part, too, is that with the promise, of course, of every console generation increasing the speed on things, um, if the speed continues to go up on being able to launch stuff, I mean, you saw how fast stuff was for the Series X when you were here the uh, mm-hmm. last week, but 
you look at how fast things move just imagine how much they're going to like how much faster they're going to potentially move and of course that could be a bottleneck for some people like like a, a hold back on some things and i mean like look at the xbox one i mean go try booting up a game that you can play on the series x right now and look at how long it takes to bring up on the xbox one mm. like even the og xbox one it's just that slow it's just that painful and so you're not going to see people switching back and forth to that so Going on the digital front, you're going to need to be have to take that physical medium and convert it to something that people can tangibly use without screwing them over by making them buy it again. The well, second and thing, it also does cross into the: Are you a collector or are you just a gamer? Because if you're a collector, you, you gotta you gotta make the commitment to maintain your crap. Right. So. Right. But the second thing could even come down to it not even needing to be a full-size console anymore. I mean, you look at Stadia, you look mm -hmm. at um, Amazon Luna, Luna, you look at GeForce Now, you look at Steam Link. You don't need a high-powered machine to be able to actually play this. You could just sell Game Pass. Mm -hmm. uh, I focus on Microsoft because Sony still needs to really work out its game streaming service. I mean, I know PlayStation Now exists, but they just don't have the player base there, I think, compared to what Microsoft has right now. But I could very well be wrong. So I look at Microsoft anyway as the de facto example here. You could sell a Microsoft could sell some sort of 4K capable uh, device that just plugs into a single HDMI port and has a has similar to a Chromecast that has the power cable leading out of it. Plug that in, and in that power cable is also the Ethernet jack. Okay? You just plug that in. You get your 4K, 60 FPS output. You could have more, depending on how the generation goes on. And it truly focuses on game streaming. You have access to every single title you could get no matter what. You have access to the library you've paid for, and you can still play those games. And then you don't have to worry about anything physically being there in front of you. You just have to worry that your internet connection is good enough to handle it. That right there is... Potentially even the next thing, too, because then with what we've seen with the semiconductor shortage is that you take a box, you take a VCR size box, and you now slim it down to something that's no bigger than a pack of gum. And you don't have to worry about a chip shortage anymore because making those yep. is going to be more cost effective in the long run. And you sell it for 100 bucks paired with a controller, you're going to make your money back really pretty freaking quick, especially with the service on it, too. Oh, absolutely, especially if you're charging, you know, 15 bucks a month or, you know, 60 bucks a year. Mm -hmm. So like my boss, like my boss even bypassed all of that. He sideloaded Xbox game streaming onto his GeForce uh, or his um, uh, NVIDIA Shield. Oh, yeah. So he side he sideloaded it. He paired an Xbox One controller with it and was off. Nice. Yeah, so he was able to he was able to sign up for it and get access to that whole library without having to go pay for a Series X, Series S, or even go buy an Xbox One. Yep, and he's able to bypass that, and that that's the proof of concept right there, is that that is something that's tangible that works. That's why I've talked about this before. Is that like my prediction for when the Series X was going to launch was that it was going to be a all in one machine that was a gaming machine with the Xbox side on one part of a, of a, of a drive partition and the other side was going to be a windows PC. I honestly that you were thought able to that switch that through. might be coming too, but I don't yeah, think and we're, it still could. I don't think we're ready for that yet. Um, 
if anything, uh, the closest thing that we're going to have is the Atari VCS because it's, it's literally that and it's meant for, you know, writing games. But let, you know, granted Atari games, but it's, it's also meant to be, you know, your, your Commodore 64, basically. Hmm. I mean, that's also very true, but your the VCS is going to be a very niche thing because it, like it's an Ubuntu machine running AMD hardware, basically mm-hmm. an AMD SOC, and it's only going to really play Ubuntu games or not Ubuntu games. It's going to play old Atari games anyway. That's going to be the overall focus of it, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of development. It's going to be something that comes out that's a neat little niche thing, especially because look at what happened to the Oya back in um like the late 2000s you know yeah. when the oya came out everybody was so excited about what this thing was going to be and when it finally dropped it's like what is this piece of shit you know it, it just it it fell through well so, and i think I part of that was what bad marketing see there. though the, i think they overhyped it it feels like a no man's sky thing with it but yeah. they just never redelivered after it like no man's sky had the glow up well, so. and they they never they never really truly, you know, said what the product was fully. Like I think there was a big misconception about what the Ouya was or Oya was. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. I think that was a big part of it, and that scared buyers away. Hmm. It very well could be that case, but that's why it's like I look at, you know, you look at those niche things, but then you still look at like what has mostly worked anyway. And that's like the way that Microsoft and Sony could potentially go is that your digital library is available and we're going to continuously shrink down the system. So you're still going to have the quality that you expect. Maybe the games aren't even with you locally anymore. And it just seems like they're going that way because obviously if they didn't think it was going to work out, they wouldn't have released these consoles in the first place. I mean, Microsoft at least had its taste of everything with the Xbox One S all digital, and that was the only thing they had put out. Um, Sony has not had an all digital console yet until this model dropped. Am I right? Um, not not a full console. They had um, handheld. I'm not really focused on the handheld because yeah. that's a whole other department that Sony just needs to stay out of for a while. Well, you know, I honestly wish they wouldn't. I, I wish they would have supported the Vita. I wish they'd come back and say, you know what? We're, we're going to do something about the fact that we screwed up and we had to bring this back. We're going to we're gonna give you a kill zone game on the Vita. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We're, just, just something crazy like that you know i i really wish they would um that the problem with the handheld is you know with the 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 psp they uh they made a lot of mistakes with when they were programming the psp they overworked See, you sit people. there and think about it you start yeah. to realize that it's like maybe sony should stay out of it for a while yeah maybe maybe they should actually because and then they got to the vita and then they like they were like, "Hey, here's this here's this handheld. You got to have this really expensive memory card and good luck getting games for it. See ya." 
That and even look at like what they did with the PSP Go. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when I said, you know, all digital handheld. Um, there yeah. were some people that really liked the Go. Um, there were a lot more a people that it, really but... liked the Go that hacked it. True, very true. But it, it still just doesn't lead into like even in the handheld side because i mean like nintendo finally recognized of course that a lot of people are playing games on their phones and the games on phones are actually starting to get to be of better quality than they were you know when the iphone 4 first dropped and you know of course it was angry birds and uh cut the rope in that now it's call of duty mobile it's um um, we know that there's just people on mobile phones playing games than there are on consoles now Right, and of course, Nintendo recognized that with the Switch release because the 3DS is completely dead. Like, you're not seeing new 3DS games. You're not seeing new 3DSs being made. You're not seeing a new 3DS coming out with everything. Um, You know, Sony's out of the the portable market as well, too. And and the fact that the console manufacturers have kind of screwed themselves over is more so Microsoft and Sony on the portable front, even though Microsoft has never done a portable, um, because of phones. Because now you can boot up game streaming or PlayStation Now, on your phone and play and go and do all that different stuff. You want to hook, you want to put steam link on this son of a bitch and play your PC games on your phone. By all means, do it. Actually it's right there. You're, you're, you're kind of wrong. You're kind of wrong because they, the, uh, that one windows phone that was like a folder. The, yeah, the surface duo. Yes. Yeah. They did just release an update lately that allows that you allows to you to turn the, the bottom stuff. screen into a controller if you have it. Yeah. And I yeah. gotta say, I did when I saw that update and now that the price has dropped on it, I thought, man, that'd be pretty cool to get. But because of the lack of bands that they support for T Mobile, uh the phone would have very horrible LTE coverage in our town. Oh yeah, no. It, it it's so a I'm crap not getting phone. It. But uh I I, I mean the thought was but there. I agree. It was I agree. just it's... many, many years too late. But it's really cool. And oh, you're right. I agree. That they they have the handheld. You already had the handheld. That's what their whole thing is. You already had the handheld. It was your phone Agreed. the entire time. Agreed. Yeah. It's and that's and it's because the hardware's gotten better in the phones themselves mm-hmm. compared to the days of yore. That being able to deliver this AAA experience on a phone is possible. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm glad things are getting there. But yeah, obviously they've screwed themselves over, but it still leads into the whole thing about digital, though, is that you don't need to have a physical game in your hands to go and load up in and wait for it to install to actually go and play. You can just on demand hop into this shit and just go like I've actually considered I've got the adapter to mount my phone um, onto my Xbox One controller, but that's a heavy thing to actually put on there. It's really weird to hold on to and play games with. So I've considered actually getting one of those razor, um, the, the side attachment ones where the controller actually splits in half and goes on to both sides of the phone to hold oh, on yeah. one side. And then it plugs into the USB type C on the, the other controllers are so small. Honestly. Oh, are they? Well, I had one re- regardless it's only of compatible that though, with two phones. So you're better oh, off honestly getting a game vice or sticking with that. I, I just got one of the the phone clip things for my uh, my eight bit dough con- controller that I absolutely love. the The cool thing about this one is it like it clicks out and you can lock it in place, and it actually extends as well. 
Yeah, my, so. the one I have is from uh, what is it? Power Moga, I think, is what it is. Um, or Moga Power A. I can't remember the name of the company now. Uh, but what I'm saying though is that at least you know it's like to be able to get into a game nowadays, especially a AAA title, is not that hard, especially when you have a phone though too. So with that, especially being one of those ways out there, is that. You and I at least are thinking alike, though, that the next console generation in about seven to ten years could be, in fact, an all-digital thing. I still see it, though, that they don't want to necessarily hurt their core player base by saying, hey, you're not going to have a place to put discs anymore. So I wouldn't be shocked to actually see a a standalone peripheral like the when on the Xbox 360 when they had the HD DVD uh, disc peripheral that they mm-hmm. come out with the same thing for the next console that allows you to use it for ultra blu-ray 4k uh or ultra for ultra god ultra hd 4k blu-rays god that's such a fucking mouthful and uh using your actual physical media you know like it would take up like two usb 3.1 ports to, be able to actually handle the the data throughput that's needed to actually play the game without any of the latency um you know what it's you know, going to be? Sell something like that, or it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a video card with a hard drive attached to it. Yeah, could be that. Yeah, it, it'll have your that. saves, and it'll be able to do the encoding and decoding and compression and decompression and processing all on that video card. Um, that and then everything else is just streamed into that video card for it to to sort through. There you go. There you go. As long as we can get a hand, you know, our hands on a video card of some type nowadays yeah, that's, too. That's, you know, the but that's another. That's the thing. That's the and other problem. Who knows? Maybe because of the way we're going, you think about it. We have Roku TVs and stuff. Maybe it'll just be that you download Xbox Game Pass, and I mean, you've got a phone. Your phone's your controller. You can go buy a controller at the store. You know, you can. It's even getting to the point where. Like I said, my 8-bit dough controller is compatible with my Switch, my uh, phone, and my PC. If I had an Apple device, it'd be compatible with that. It's not it, the only thing it's not compatible with is my Xbox and my PlayStation. So there, there right. are so many things that it, you know. It's just like it's so easy now. You know, there, everything's right. gonna just be a service in the, in the future. There were. Mm-hmm. Game consoles and computers are getting to be so muddled anymore that you know you just buy a TV and it's got everything on it. Oh yeah, they really your it, it really is getting to be your, that way. Your movie service and and your Netflix all all in you know. Oh, there you go. You're done. Yep. Okay. Well, I internet think that rules helped. everything. The internet rules everything, and I think that helped work out. For our topic this week. So that's everything then this week, guys. <laughs> you survived <laughs> another episode with us. So, of course, with that said, yeah, that is the end of episode 137. So with that, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on this wild ride that has been our weekly episode. If you like what you're listening to, and I swear to God, if you are the same people who are listening to us, you really do like listening to us. So you need to make sure that you hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. So that way any new episode downloads automatically. 
if you do that, that helps out everybody. So please go ahead and do that. Of course, our homepage, anchor.fm slash the-npc-podcast. All the links to social media, YouTube, all that fun stuff is all there. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye-bye.